Good evening, Chavra. Let's get going. Today's daf is daf Kav Gimel, page twenty-three, in the Hilchah Kedushin, and we pick up three lines from the bottom of Chav Beis Amud Beis. Three lines to the bottom of twenty-two B. The Gemara is going to tell over a short story, an incident. So here we go. Rabbi Yehuda Hanedua, Rabbi Yehuda from Nedua. Nedua is Ethiopia. Ger, he converted to Judaism. And he had no inheritors. There's nobody to inherit him because all of his family were already alive at the time of his conversion. He's now ill. Marzucha went to ask about him. And he saw that he was on his way out. One foot in the grave, the other one in a banana peel. Yeah. So he said to the servant of Rev, of Rev Yehuda, please remove my shoe, and bring my shoes into the house. Okay. Now what was his intention? His intention was that as soon as Rev Yehuda Hanadua passes away, at that time, the servant is going to be working for him, and he's the first guy to make an acquisition to uh, to attain what we'll call the property from Hefkert. How would he be working for him? Because he's the first person. Now the Evakanani becomes Hefkert. He becomes ownerless oh. because his owner's dying, and there's nobody to inherit. Right. Um, some say that the. Evan was a gadol, was already an adult. Now, why is this important? The reason why this is important is because if he wouldn't be an adult, I'm sorry, if he, yeah, if if he wouldn't be an adult, then you don't have to be so quick to make the acquisition. The fact that the Evakani was an adult would make it that if there would be even one moment in between the death and the new acquisition made by Marzutra then the Evakarani would acquire his own hand. He would acquire himself. So he wanted it to be that it was, it flowed one right into the next. Top of today's daf. Zeh pirish lemisa, vezeh pirish lechayim. And uh, the, the goal was that as Rabbi Yehuda, the convert, was out the door, on his way out the door, Marzucho would go and take over ownership. Some say that the Evakarani could even be a cotton. Who delayka abashol, we're not following the opinion of abashol, the time we're going to the brisa. If a ger died and a Yisrael um, was mevazvez the nechosim, so he you know he started sticking his hands into the uh, ownerless property. And there were servants. You cannot take any avodim because they already acquired themselves. Whether they're gedolim, whether they are ketanim, so therefore. The Gemara is just clarifying over here that it wouldn't really matter if he was a gadol or a katan. It wouldn't make a difference. If they're adults, then they would acquire their own hand because as soon as their master dies, they become the owners of themselves and nobody else could acquire them. But if it, the Eved was a katan, was a minor, then they cannot acquire, he does not acquire himself. The Mishnah said, In Ebed Ivri, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar could acquire himself or he gets his ownership back with money. Okay. Now let's describe how this works. 
how does an Ebekzani have money to remove himself from the domain of the master? So let's get into this. Bekesef says the Gemara, he could acquire his, himself back with money if other people pay that money. So then in, which means yes, this halacha holds true. An Evakanani cannot redeem himself with, with money which is his own. Okay. Now, according to this, why can't he pay himself out? According to this, it has to be that our opinion, the Gemara currently is, anything the Evan himself owns also belongs to the master. And therefore, if he were to take his money and redeem himself, guess what? It's not even his money, so he can't redeem himself. Right. It's the master's money in the first place, and, and uh, he didn't get anywhere. Okay. Says the Gemara, what are we dealing with? What are we dealing with over here? If we're dealing with the Evet himself does not know, does not have das here about his freedom, so somebody else is going to buy him out. Michti, let's see. Shemana Leila Rav Meir, we learned, we heard in the name of Rav Meir, to Omar, Rav Meir says, listen to this, a fascinating opinion. It is not automatically to the benefit of the servant to be free. Rav Meir says that a servant, if you redeem him from a master, it could be to his detriment too. It could be viewed to his detriment to be free. Utanina, and we learned in a Mishnah, you could do something that is objectively good for a person, even if they're unaware, but you can't do something on their behalf if it's not objectively good for them. And therefore, over here, where it's not necessarily objectively good for this Ebed to leave, you cannot redeem him without his knowledge. You can't do that. Now, you'd think... Why in the world wouldn't it be to his benefit to be free? So this is where you get into what we'll call different strokes for different folks. All right? And here's the different strokes for different folks. This is why it's very hard to judge people how they make decisions. But one example Rashi gives is that the... um, Let's discuss a couple of examples. Inevit Kanani is allowed to eat truma if he's owned by a Kohen. A Kohen could feed truma to his Kanani. The moment you redeem, he can no longer eat truma. Ah, you're going to say, no, isn't it better to not eat truma and be free? The answer is, different strokes for different folks. Maybe this Kanani views it as like a status symbol to be able to eat truma and be owned by a Kohen. Yeah? Maybe he can never make a living. All right. Okay. Very good. Here's another thing. Some people go to jail because they want to... Right? Because they want to be taken care of. We're going to get into that. Right? Yale's saying some people just like being able to be dependent on somebody else. Another halacha which is interesting is that when an Ebed Kanani is free, an Ebed Kanani is free, he becomes a full-fledged Jew. An Ebed Kanani is obligated to mitzvahs like a woman while he's working for the master. Once he's free, he becomes a regular Jew. Now listen to this. If he wants to or... No, automatically. automatically. He's automatically a full-fledged Jew. Now, while he's by the master, he's allowed to be married to non-Jewish women. 
he can have in Shifcha Kananis. Now that he's free, he can't stay with her anymore. Right? So it's not objectively to his advantage to free him. So the Gemara says like this, what's the case where somebody else is coming and redeeming David Kanani? If the case is where he doesn't know, you can't do that. But I'm trying to help him. Yeah, sometimes you try to help and you know what? You hurt me. It was to my disadvantage. I appreciate your good thoughts, but you just messed everything up. It happens in, in life, yeah? People have good intentions and then uh, you mess the whole thing up. Ella, rather, what's the case? Pshita, it's obvious, midaitai. The Eva Kanani is in on this. He's agreeing that he wants to be free. So now somebody else could go and buy him out, says the Gemara. The Kiddush over here is Other people could redeem He cannot Redeem himself Why? Because he doesn't have any money Alma you see from here The fact that he can't redeem himself Is a proof that there's no way An Eved can ever acquire anything With his master around Anything that you give to him Is automatically acquired by the master So the only way out is Somebody else showing up, redeeming him with his prior agreement. Says the Gemara, one second. Ihachi. If so, if that's the case. Let's say the end of our mission. Bishtar. When you free an Ebed with a document. How does an owner free his Ebed Kanani with document? He hands the document to the servant himself. This means that on his own he can become free with a uh, with a star, but not al But one second, if he's agreeing to all this, why can't the Ebed agree that the master should give the document to Yankel and be free like that? They'll become his shliach, right? Become his messenger in accepting the document of freedom. What does it mean that he could do it by himself? It means even by himself, but certainly other people could accept it as well. The Kiddush over here is going to be that the get, the document, and his hand are coming at once. Now, listen closely to this. Chever, listen very, very close. The master is giving the document of freedom to the servant. We have an issue that everything a, master, a, a servant gets really belongs to a master. So even when the master gives him the document of freedom, the servant shouldn't be free. Why? Because the master is giving it to his own hand. The servant can't acquire anything. So even when he gives it to the servant, it's, as soon as the servant gets it, it's the master's. So you never handed it to the servant. Unless you say, says the Gemara, a novel idea, which is, Gito, the document, the Yado, and his rights to his self-ownership, in Ke'echad, happen simultaneous. So what you could say is like this, when the master, give, as the master gives the document to the Eved, his ability to take ownership is happening simultaneously. That the, that the uh, document's being handed to him Hence it would be valid And he could be freed like this See here's the problem But Rav Meir doesn't agree with this ruling 
The Tanakh learned in a Brisa, Bishtar Ay Day Atzmai Vlaya De Achirim Divi Rabbi Meir. Bishtar could only be his own, but not through somebody else. This is the opinion of Reb Meir. So according to what we're saying, Reb Meir holds that only he could accept the document and nobody else could, could accept the document. So here we have a question. The question is that if you always need the servant's consent, the servant's agreement, how can you ever have others who free him? And if you're going to tell me that it was done with the servant's agreement... Let somebody else accept the document on his behalf. Why not? Let them be his messenger. This, what's the issue? It seems to be a contradiction in how to understand she, the opinion of Rebbe Meir. Somebody Again. accepting a document yeah. for him. Rebbe Meir says it doesn't work. He can't appoint a messenger. Cannot. No, Rebbe Meir says he cannot appoint a messenger. Right. To accept, why not? Same as him. Yes, same as him. The same way. Just like he can't give it. No, but he could. He could, he could, he could. Rameir holds you could. Rameir holds Gita Viade Bonkechad. Rameir says the get and his hand happen at once. He does. That's right. But he says the other people can't. The other one can't give it. Yeah. That's the Gemara. Why not? Why not? What's wrong with that? Doesn't make any sense. The thing is, why do we need to get the Ebed in the middle of the thing? If somebody wants to pay him out, pay him out. I mean, really, you know. Pay, yeah. He just has to go to the owner and pay him directly. Because the owner may not agree. So let's say you want to buy the Ebed. You could purchase an Ebed and then free him by yourself. If you want to help out in that way. Right? You could, yeah, you could do that. But... In order to do that, you need the current owner's you consent. You go to the oven and you say, would you like to get, get, get rid of this guy? I'll, I'll buy you out. Yeah, and what if the owner doesn't, is and not the willing? the guy says yes. Okay, if the guy says yes, so then Gazunta, hey, you're purchasing the Evid, so and then free him. What we want over here is, is that you, let's say the, the you, you could free an Evid Kanani, right? You're just going to free the Evid Kanani. You're not going to buy him. You want to free him. That's all you want to do and that's the logic. We're trying to clarify why, why he could do it himself without appointing a messenger. Some Rabbi, Abai says, Really, we're dealing with where the servant does not know. He doesn't know beforehand. Okay? Now here's the problem. If he doesn't know beforehand, how can you do it on his behalf? Maybe it's not to his advantage. Vishani Kesef, when you redeem through money, it's different. Since, like a regular sale, you don't need the Ebed's agreement, the Ebed's consent. So too over here, you could free him against his will. Okay? So the same way another person could go and purchase the Ebed without the Ebed agreeing, it's property, you could purchase it. So too, when you're freeing with, when you're freeing him, instead of buying him for yourself, you're freeing him, also you don't need his, his uh, agreement. It says, Mariachi, Starnam, what about a document? What about a document? Yeah, maybe you should be able to accept a document against the will of the Ebed. No, you can't accept document. You know why? See, I would say the laws of a docu- the, the, the laws of document are learned out from Hilch's get. Get, when you divorce a woman, you don't need her consent. You don't need her agreement. Okay? So I would say over here, you don't need the agreement either. And let, let him go out, uh, you know, he's free against his will without him even knowing. Says the Gemara, no, because it's different documents. There's a difference 
between, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I compared it to get, I'm sorry. We're dealing with a document of sale. So there's a difference between a document of sale and a document of freedom. A document of sale is against his will. Document of freedom should also be able to be against his will. Tzitzit Gemara says, no, it's different documents, there's different wording on it. it. says the Gemara, so by money as well. Hachanami, high cost belachud, by high cost belachud. Yeah, what's, there's a difference if I'm buying, paying money to purchase him as a sale, or if I'm pen, spending money to free him. It's different money. She shouldn't be able to learn out the two halachas from each other, which the Gemara responds, but he says before, Tiva miyachadu. Money is money. Money is money. What we call it in English, money is fungible. Yeah? Doesn't make a difference to this, doesn't make a difference to that. Yeshiva. No. There's certain words that you. Rabbi El wants to know where I heard that you, word. You didn't learn that word. I learned one was water in Yeshiva. Very few people know that word. Oh yeah, Psh, mamish. Not in Yeshiva. The, the the word fungible. Yell surprised my Yeshiva education. I know the word fungible. The word fungible to me is only used in areas of halacha. The same way, perforated flower pots. I've only heard in areas of halacha. Yeah. Where they hear perforated flower pots, yeah. So that lalacha, tumantara, varit Yisrael, where there's a hole in the pot, not a hole in the pot. There's certain words that the mice and you, it comes across as yeshivish. Like, that's the only way to understand no, the sugi. Okay. No? All right, Yale's arguing. Maybe it's I was a modern yeshivish. It's not even American. <laughs> All right, Viter, money's money. That's the bottom line. Money's money. There's no difference if it's this $100 bill or that $100 bill. When it comes to a document, when it comes to a document, one document says it's a bill of sale, the other document says it's a bill of freedom, hence, you cannot learn now one halacha from the other. Rav Amar Rav says, Kesef, Kabbalah, Rabbi Garmaloi. I'll tell you another difference between the two, between Kesef and Shtar. By money, the master receiving the money allows the servant to go. Shtar, Kabbalah, Sachirim, Garmaloi. When it comes to a document, it's not the master accepting anything. It's the master giving it over to somebody else. And therefore, there's a difference in who's, in who's accepting it. Okay, Which means, when the, you need the owner's agreement to set him free when you're paying money. It makes sense, because the owner's in charge of him. So once the owner agrees, he's out. But when it comes to a shtar, where we're, the document is being given to somebody else to go free, they can't do it without his agreement. He has an independent mind, as far as other people are concerned doesn't have an independent mind as far as his master is concerned. So by his master, we don't need consent. By other people, we will need his consent. Give out. That means there's a third party involved? Yes. Well, anybody who who has no control over him, as long as that person, he's not indebted uh, mentally to that person, so therefore we need his agreement for that person to work on his behalf. Okay. To that, says the Gemara, the Chomim say that an Eved Kanani can purchase himself with his own money. With his own money, he could free himself, but not with somebody else's money. Says Gemara, am I? Why not? Nihi granted nami daitai. Yeah, we're dealing with freedom that's being done shloimi daitai, meaning somebody else wants to go and free him. Without him knowing, we heard the Rabbana, the Amri, they were saying, it's, a, it's to his benefit. It is objectively to his benefit to leave the, uh, the master. Despite the fact that Rav Meir taught us earlier, oh, but you can no longer eat Shuma, oh, you can no longer live the Shifcha Kiranis. The Chum argue with that. They say, you know what, that is such a small uh, detriment compared to the gain of being a free person. 
that it is considered it is a schus to accept it for somebody else. Utanina, and we learned in the Mishnah, it's when you don't go for a schus, you don't need the person's agreement. You know that they agree anyway. So if the Chum say that it's a schus for him, it's an advantage for him to go free, why don't they allow other people to redeem him? In our Mishnah, the Chum say he could redeem himself. Other people can't redeem him. Ask the Gemara, why not? Let other people redeem him. They know it's to his benefit. Says the Gemara of Chiti. I mean, if you're going to say, what does it mean that he could do it himself? It doesn't mean to exclusion of others. Rather, it means, it means others could do it and even he could do it. And what's the Chiddush over here? What's the obvious question here? What's the, what's the elephant in the room? How can he redeem himself if... He has no money. How could he do that? That's the elephant in the room. Right. Says the Gemara... And the Chiddush of the Chum is going to be That an Eved Kanani can own something Without his master He has the capacity to own something by himself Without the master getting it automatically That's what you're going to say If that would be true Say the end of the Halacha of the Chacham Which is Other people can accept the document for him. He can't accept it for himself. I don't understand why not. It should happen at the same time. So we know for sure he could accept it just like others. What does it mean that other people could accept it? It means even through others, he could pay himself out. Other people could pay, everybody could accept the star. And the Chiddush of the Chachamim is that it is to the advantage of the Eved to always go free. So then we should say that whether it's money, whether it's a document, he could always do it himself and he could, it, could, it could always be done by others. But the Mishnah doesn't combine the Halachas. This doesn't put the Halachas of Kesef and Shtar together. Meaning like this, very basic, simple question. A long way to get to this this main idea, and rightfully a long way because we had to clarify a number of matters. But once you hold that it's to the advantage of the Eva to go free, let him buy himself out. Let other people buy himself out. Let him go free with a star. Let other people free him with a star. Everything's his advantage. So other people could do everything on your behalf if it's your advantage. And why doesn't the mission just say, if for an ever to go to free to go free, money, document, him or others? Very straightforward. And the Mishnah, it's instead like scratching its ear like this, instead of just like hello, like right here. That's what's bothering the Gemara. So Gemara says you're right. Ella rather When it comes to money. Anybody could redeem him. He could redeem himself. Other people could redeem him. It doesn't make a difference. Bishtar, when it comes to document, only al Other people could accept the document. He can't. Okay. For Shimon al-Lazru. And this is the opinion of Rav Shimon al-Lazru. The Tanya. Rav Shimon al-Lazru. Af bishtar al Even by a document, only other people can accept the document. But he cannot do it himself. Why? Because Rav Shimon Elazar obviously does not agree that Gita Viyadai bought in Kachar. He obviously does not agree that it happens at the same time. So he, he's going to have an intrinsic problem of the, of the Eved, the servant himself, ever being capable of, of receiving a document. So he says when it comes to document, other people are going to have to redeem him. And by the money, you also have no money. So Rav Shimon Elazar holds 
that you could, the only way for an Eved to ever go free is through others. That's his opinion. Really? Through others. An Eved can never free himself. He can't free himself with money, he says, because I hold he has no money. He can't free himself with a document because if he accepted it in his own hand, he never accepted it. So everything could only be done through others. That's Rosh Hashem Lazar's uh, approach. Okay. So we're coming out with a three-way machlokes uh, in the matter. Okay, we're coming out three machlokes. We have the Chachamim, we have Rav Meir, and we have Rav Shimon ben Alazar. Now, why does Rav Shimon Alazar say his halacha that it's only Aliyah Acherim? Amar Raba, Raba explains my time to Rav Shimon Alazar. Gamar la la meisha. He learns out the halachas of a servant from the laws, the halachas of a Woman. Okay, referring to a divorce. Ma isha, just like by divorcing a woman, ad she's only divorced once the husband places the document into her domain. It has to completely leave his domain. The husband cannot leave the get in his property and say, Oh, you're divorced. No, it has to leave his property and enter her property. He's only divorced once the document goes to a property that's no longer his. Therefore, if a master is going to free a servant with a document, you know who has to receive the document? Somebody else who's not the property of the master. This way, it's completely left the property of the master, somebody else's domain, and that's where the freedom happens. Boy, Rabba, Rabba asked the question, searching for information. We now turn to the top of Chav Gimel, Amud Beis. The reason why if a master is freeing with a document, it has to be accepted by somebody else and not the Eved is because why? You tell me. Because everything that the Eved belongs. So everything that the Eved belongs to the owner still, right? So let me ask you a question. Even if the owner puts it into the hand of a shliach. Yeah, so that's no good either. That should be no good either. So how does it work? Well, uh, the way we explained it a half an hour ago, we still have this under we still have this issue. Yeah. Even if the shliach is accepting it on behalf of the Ebed, as soon as the shliach gets no, it, no, but that's the point. I think you have to say yeah. that the shliach is not he. It's not a case of the shliach working. It's not the case of Shliach working for the Evan. What is it? What is it? Shliach is just doing a good deed. Okay. Shliach is doing a good deed. Almost. The Gemara now is going to clarify. This, your mom is segueing to the next Amr. Mom is going to clarify how this works. But there's, one, there's an additional Nakuda that we just brought out in the last step. Which is the reason why a Shliach is going to work as opposed to the Evan himself is because... By get, what creates the separation is the placing of it into a reshus she'eno shalom, into a property that's not his. The husband puts it into her property, it's no longer his, that's what creates the divorce. Over here, as much as a messenger is an extension of the servant, this messenger is not owned by the master. And therefore, the additional gain that we have in the last step here, it's Kishmak, the thing you're bringing up. The additional advantage that we have of 
the shliach having it is that when the master gives it to him, that shliach, even though he's representing the Eved, is not his domain. No way you can never, the master can never say, oh, well, if you're the shliach of the Eved, you work for me. <laughs> get out of here. I get and talk. Have a wonderful day. You don't know me. You don't know me. And therefore, it attains an additional advantage that it left the domain of the master, and that's why it works. But we still have room for clarification here. So here we go. Boy, Rabbi, Rabbi, the question searching for information. Type of according to Shimon Lazar. Can never can any point to get to receive his his uh, document from his master? Do we say it's like a woman? And the same way a woman could appoint a shliach, so could this avedoidomo, or perhaps isha the a woman who has the built-in halachic capability of her receiving her own document. Shliach nami matim meshavia. She can make her own messenger. Shliach nami See, here's the problem. That's Rabbi Lamdushashayli. See, you can only make a shliach, a messenger, to do something that you yourself could do. Since the if since the Ebed himself cannot accept the document, so maybe there's an issue in the actual shlichus. You can't appoint the shliach to do something you can't do. Or do we say, no, it's still okay because I'm learning it out from a woman. And the same way, since our sources get, in the same way a woman could accept her document, he could also accept the document. Rabbi answered his own question, that a shliach does have the right to appoint a shliach to accept his, uh, his document of freedom. Okay. When you have a kayan working in the base of Mikdash, she's considered mamish, a shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yeah. So wants Karbonus brought in the base of Mikdash, you have to be the shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As opposed to what? The sh- not as opposed to, or as opposed to a messenger of the bringer of the sacrifice. See, how do the Kahanim function? Is their function to represent the Rebbein Or is their function to represent the one who brought, who is obligated to bring a sacrifice? Or is their function for both? Let's see. Sahani Kahani Shluchid Rachmanah. The Kahanim are considered Shluchim of the Kahanim. Okay. The Kahanim are considered messengers of HaKadosh Baruch. Because if you're going to think that Kahanim are there to represent all who bring sacrifices, there's a rule when it comes to messengership, which is a messenger can never do more than you yourself are allowed. Yeah, if I myself am not capable of doing something, I can't appoint the messenger to do something for me. So if I'm not capable of bringing a sacrifice in the base of Mikdash, how can I appoint the Kayan to do it for me? I bring my Karba Chattas to the base of Mikdash. The Shechita, okay, the slaughtering, we'll say, is not necessarily an integral part of the Avaida, so we'll get there later. Accepting the blood must be done by a Kohen. If the Kohen is acting as my messenger... The Kohen can't accept the blood because the Yisrael can't accept the blood. Because he's one. Because the Yisrael can't be the one to accept the blood. So if I bring a karmachatas, a sin offering, and the Kohen's there only to represent me and do a job that I'm responsible to do, 
he can't do more than I'm allowed to do, so he can't even do his job, if we consider the Kohen to be the representative of the bringers. Rather, it has to be their, their representatives of their Banishlein. And this is their job. So I bring it to them, and then they do what Hashem tells them to do. Says the Gemara, one second. The lie is this premise that an agent can only do as much as the messenger. This is a premise. Is that true? Baha avda, but by a servant, in Ever, According to the halacha of Rav Shimon Alazar, an Eved cannot accept the document, but he could appoint the messenger to accept the document. So you see a proof that somebody, you can appoint somebody to do something that you're not capable of doing. Okay? Now let's keep the thought. And since I see by Eved that an Eved Kanani can appoint somebody, a shliach, to accept the document, even though he can't do it, that is now a proof, one second, that a Kohen can also possibly be considered a messenger of the Israel and still do things that the Israel can't do. Now, I want to pause here for a second. There's a lot going on here. Who cares? Why do I care if the Kohen's representing the Israel or the Kohen's representing HaKadosh Baruch It's the same thing. Same thing. My father, Zechariah Lebracha, would tell me sometimes when I was giving over a Vartan Lumdus, he would say, are you telling me mental gymnastics or are you doing something constructive? Right? You want to go? Yeah. Some people just make things confusing. It's mental, it's like, the dishat. No. What's an Afkamino? Who cares? What do you stand? What do you show off that you know how to make hakiras? You know how to make differentiations amongst things? Yeah? So, what is it? So, here, here's, the, here's the Vart. You ready for this? There's a big difference. And this is what Rashi and others bring down. If let's say you have a Yisrael who says to a Kohen, I will never benefit from you. I forbid myself to ever benefit from you. So, this is going to make a major nafkamina, a major difference as to whether that Kohen could be anywhere near this guy sacrificing the base of English. If he's a, considered a shliach of the Yisrael, get out of here. If he's a shliach of the Rabbani Shalom, so then it's already out of the hands of the Yisrael. Like, uh, it's not to do with you. I get in talk. Have a wonderful day. Okay? Um... Yeah. All right. Says the Gemara Viter, Velohi. Velohi. You should know there's a difference between the Eved appointing a messenger and a Kohen working in the Beis HaMikdash. There's a difference. You can't connect one to the other. Why not? Says the Gemara, Yisrael, when it comes to a regular Yisrael, Lai Shaychi Beteres Karbonis Klab. A regular Yisrael has no connection at all to the Halachas of the sacrifice. I have nothing to do with the halachas of accepting the blood after the slaughtering. Eved, but by a servant, shaykh begitten. It is connected. He is connected. He's, he has a, a shaykhis, a relationship, to documents of freedom. How so? The tiny, we looked at the Bryson. 
ready for this? Two Ebed Kananis by two different masters. One Ebed Kanani can accept the document of the other, Bihishliach. Can't do it for yourself because whatever you get goes to your master. But I can accept my friend's master's document on his behalf. So an Ebed Kanani is Betairah Shlichus. He is included in this ballpark of being a messenger when it comes to a document. He just cannot accept it from the hand of his own master. Beautiful. So it says the Gemara like this. You want to prove from the laws of Eved that an Eved can make a messenger, even though he himself can't do it. You see, he can appoint a messenger that you himself can't do. It must be that when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash, the same halacha applies. Says Gemara, not true. The laws of sacrifices and laws of Ebed, two totally different things, and I'll tell you why. In the Beis HaMikdash, a Yisrael doesn't belong ever. I can never do the Avait in the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, if the Kohen would be my messenger, there would be a problem. So he's a messenger of, the, of God. But what about by his servant? By a, servant. by a servant, the reason why a servant can appoint the shliach, even though he himself can't do it, is because really a servant he himself could do. A servant himself can accept documents of freedom. He certainly may. And I'll prove it to you. He could accept his friend's document of freedom. Oh, but why can't he accept his own? Because there's an intrinsic problem with him accepting his own. That everything he has belongs to his master. But you can accept documents on behalf of others, and therefore you can't connect the two areas of halacha to that. We said as long as the money is coming from others. Okay, we said in the Mishnah, an Eved could redeem himself with his own with money as long as somebody else gave him that money. Okay. Name a book of They say this is the Machlaikas in the Mishnah. The Rav Meir says it's impossible for an Eved to ever own any sort of money. With his master's hand not involved. It's an impossibility. The master's hand is always involved in the money. And also, a woman doesn't acquire things without her husband. Whatever a woman acquires goes to her husband. A servant certainly can acquire something that is separate from the owner as well as a woman. Okay. In other words, like this. I, I, there's never Kanani. I say to the Abakani, listen, Ziskite, I'm giving you money as a gift. I don't want it to belong to your master. It has nothing to do with him working for his master's time. I give him, a, I give him some stocks. According to Chum, you can do that. You can never make a gift. As long as it's separate from his work for his master, separate from his responsibilities, you, somebody else can establish funds and the master can't stick his hands in. Amar Abraham Sheshas. Rabbi says the name of Shesha is to call Yama and Kinlev by Rabbi. Really, everybody agrees that a slave cannot make an acquisition without the master of Akin Lisha by Bala. Same thing with a woman. So, what's the Machlakis in our Mishnah? Somebody else gave a matona, gave a gift that's big enough for him to redeem himself. He says to the servant, I'm giving you 100 bucks on condition that your master keeps his fingers out of this. So Rameir Sabar Kiha Marlai Kani. Rameir says that it doesn't matter. 
Because as soon as he says, it's yours, Kani Yavet Vakani Rabbe, the master gets it. So when he says, oh, but it's conditional, says the mayor, jump in the lake. Conditional nothing. Don't tell me that I can't use my own money. That's what the master's going to say. Since he said, it's conditional, it's a valid condition, and the, the owner has no rights to this money of freedom. For says, Kolki Haigavna. In either case, um, everyone's going to agree that the master, if there's a condition, the master cannot take it. Everybody agrees that whatever a servant acquires goes to the master. The case over here is where somebody else is giving a present to him. And he says, I'm giving you this hundred dollars on condition that you use this for your freedom. Yeah, it's like you want to give somebody tzedakah. You don't know if they're going to use it wisely. You want to make sure they're collecting money for their mortgage. But you don't know, uh, you know, they also, uh, they're also heavy smokers. So they could spend $10 on a pack of cigarettes and use it up in a couple days. You want to make sure, you say, listen, here's, here's a few hundred bucks. Here's a few hundred bucks. If you use it on your mortgage, it's yours. If you use it on cigarettes, you're gone. Yeah, I, I'm not giving you the rights for that. Okay, so, so can you do that? When he says it's acquired to him, he acquires it right away. And therefore the master has it. He says that, fascinating, when he makes the condition, the servant himself doesn't even own it yet. If I say to the servant, it's yours on condition you use it to redeem yourself, it's not the servants, the holy Because he said, on condition that you are, you are to go free. So only when he actually fulfills the condition does it become his. If he didn't fulfill the condition, it's not yet his yet. And that's why the Rabbanu say he could redeem it with he could redeem it with his own money. That's how we're going to explain Rav Meir. That's we're going to explain the Rabbanon. Tomorrow, Bezjem, we will um, pick up and try to uh, see whether there's contradictions in other opinions of Rav Meir and other opinions of the Rabbanon. We'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.